0: I had one business in the UK and I thought I was the busiest person in the world and without me, the whole world would come to an end. The accident taught me that nothing stops for anyone and the lights could have been out very quickly. Today, I run multiple businesses in multiple countries only because I make myself a priority with health and wellness. I I became an alcoholic, feeling sorry for myself, you know, imagine being totally independent. You know, everything is, business is flying. Every, nothing could go wrong. I thought I was bulletproof. Nothing could touch me. I was invincible. That's what I used to think. And that's the worst mindset that you can have. I wasn't proud of the type of human I was pre-accident. Because sometimes success can get to your head. And that is the first step towards failure. Once you accept that, I've only maybe got one or two real friends that I can count on. There's a difference. You know, people say, hey bro, that's my brother. <laughs> That's BS, right? If you say I've got your know, 30 or 30 or 40 friends.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Inspire Pod with myself Kurum Kang. We bring you the best interviews with leading business people and entrepreneurs in their field. Today's guest has a background across property investment, social media and health and wellness. His business inter- uh, interests are international across UK and Europe and Asia, particularly India. He's the founder of London Residentials, Chris Gethin Gyms, Physique Global, iPlix Media and the Inspired Lifestyle podcast. Today's entrepreneur is none other than Jag Chima. Hi, Jack. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thank you for having me. No, no, absolute pleasure. And um, for everybody at home, uh, we've just been talking for the past one, (laughs) one and a half hours. Uh, Shame we didn't record that as well. But um, thanks again for coming on. Really, really excited. I know I gave uh, a bit of a mouthful uh, on your background there, but could you give us a bit of a better overview of, uh, you know, just your current business interests and what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. My business interests include property finance,
0: construction, and we have a lot of verticals within the health and wellness space.
1: Perfect. And um, the property businesses that you're doing at the moment, can you give a, a bit of an idea as to what, what that includes? Is it development or renting, etc.?
0: Yeah, so my background is construction. That's my family business. So my father's been in the construction industry for well over 40 years here in the UK. And so that's how I got involved with property. So um, we have a real estate agency. Uh, We develop, we refurbish, we manage portfolios, and we also finance. So that's kind of the structure of the business. And, you know, we've seen, uh, I've been involved with the real estate business for well over 20 years myself. And uh, we've seen a pretty good few
1: different patterns over the years. Yeah. Great, and um, as mentioned, you, you've worked across so many different industries. Uh, how, how did you go from property into social media and health and wellness?
0: That's an interesting question. Um, the, the, the fitness aspect—it uh, started off with gyms and being interested in, you know, building muscles. Yeah. You know, as, as a young boy, I used to be, you know, well into my training. And when I joined the first gym, I was a huge fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger, still am. And that was it. it there was no other thought. I never thought that I would ever be involved with the health and fitness industry. Um, however, over the years, you know, as you mature, you learn a lot more about um, what your purpose is supposed to be. You know, what is your purpose? Is it just to do a nine to five job? Is it just to make money? Um, and I realized that my purpose was to do more of what makes me happy, but also to try and make positive change in the world. So I, I'm very passionate about property. Um, it's been my core business for many years. It's one of my first businesses, not the first, but one of the first businesses that I ever got involved with. Um, and I'm still passionately involved with it today. However, with the property industry, um, it's, it, it makes a difference to other people's lives. But through the health and wellness, we touch many more lives across the world and i took the health and wellness industry more seriously after it changed my life and actually saved me Um, and that was when i had a motorbike crash in 2008 and since then i decided that i'm actually going to be actively involved in using the health and fitness industry to change other people's lives and make my passion into a business as well so I can do what I enjoy every single
1: day. Oh, no way. And um, with that accident and you know, how it got you into this space, how, how, how was that process from thinking, I wanna get into this sector and make a difference to actually commercializing a business? Well, you see,
0: there's a lot of people who get into business because it's just a passion. And there is no real business plan. And I have seen a lot of people jump straight into businesses only because of the passion, but have no kind of planning. Some of them have been successful, and that's great. But others, because there is no business element, there is no planning, and maybe they don't even have a team that can advise them, they very quickly fail, and and it's very painful to see that. So, because I come from a business background... I decided to research and I decided to travel the world and understand this field in as much detail as I possibly could. And because it was a passion, it didn't feel like hard work at all. Travelling to exhibitions around the world, meeting some of the people that I was inspired by as a little boy and understanding the business aspects of it on how do these people actually uh, make money? How are they able to do what they enjoy every single day? How do brands make money and understanding that aspect of it inspired me even more and made me more determined to be able to use that knowledge, create a plan, but then go and target people who have the least access to it, least amount of access to it and explain to them how they could benefit in languages that they understand. So that's how I kind of got involved. But I think that there was two tipping points for me um, in making that decision because I come from a a Punjabi Indian background and um, my parents' thoughts are pretty traditional. You know, do what you know because you're less likely to fail, (laughs) you know. Um, My mum always wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer um, because that's the kind of... Generation that they belong to, you know, if your son was a doctor or, a, or an engineer, you know, it's a pretty proud thing to, to kind of say to people. Yeah. You know, but whether that doctor or an engineer is actually happy doing what they're doing, that was irrelevant in those times. Um, but it was different for me. So, you know, I realized that, you know, the most powerful tool that I have is the ability to be able to speak Punjabi. And I've always used that as um, a a tool to become successful. Whereas everyone else was traveling in the same direction, I decided to step back and think, well, hang on a minute. You know, I can speak English very well. I'm born and raised in the UK. Um, Why should I not use Punjabi as a tool to be able to reach the people that need to know the information that I have? And that's what I did with the... um, with the fitness industry, but the two tipping points, as I was saying, was first the accident. Um, if I wasn't fit and healthy when I had the accident, I'm probably, the lights would have been out. That's the truth. The doctors actually said because of my physical state at the time, the chances of survival were higher, and I survived. But um, I was told that I probably wouldn't be able to do more than 70% of the things that I can do today Uh, Because I would have been physically unable to do those things, and because I used fitness to recover, uh, whereas doctors said you'd never be able to touch a dumbbell again, you wouldn't be able to go to the gym again. You know, I didn't take that as granted. Most people do. If a doctor says this isn't possible, you say, "Okay, well, he's a doctor." But if you're determined to make something happen, you'll always find a way. And I used fitness to recover, not just physically but mentally. A lot of people don't understand how beneficial going to the gym is for your mind people think going to the gym is just about lifting weights running losing fat that's that's a byproduct okay but the biggest benefit is your mind and you know during the lockdown the number of people who have suffered from depression or mental illnesses as a result of the lockdown is far greater than the coronavirus cases i can tell you that now so the first tipping point, of course, was the accident. The second one was when I lost my mum. Oh, wow. you know, um, It's going to be 10 years in this, uh, this month. And that made me realise that if there's something that you want to do, don't put it off because nothing is guaranteed. No one's guaranteed that you're going to be around next year. No one's guaranteed that you're going to see the next 10 years, 20 years. So don't put off until later what could make you happy. Do it now. So I decided that this is what I want to do. Uh, it was a bit of a challenge to convince my father. Not that I needed any financial support from him to do this, but I'm one of those people who are pretty traditional. I want to seek my dad's blessings. You know, like if he just says, "Yeah, go ahead, son," sounds good. That's good enough for me. It gives me the confidence to be able to go forward with it. And I, I decided to take those steps. And um, I'm very thankful that you know we've been very successful in uh, achieving some some great heights of success that I'd never even imagined that would have been
1: possible. That's incredible. Well, firstly, thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, that, that, That's amazing of how, you know, inspiring uh, you, you've been and, you know, very motivational. And with, with that process of getting your fitness back when your doctors have told you, you know, you're going to be incapable of things, like, how, how did you actually physically go out there and get it? What was your routine like? You know, like, was it people around you telling you you can do it? Was it, just purely your mindset. Was it looking at other people's stories where you've seen they've overcome it? Like, what was that like? Do you know what? It all comes down
0: to mind. Um, and just for the just for your listeners, you know, recovering from any kind of trauma um, is can be a huge challenge. It's very easy for other people to advise you. You know, people always say, "Yeah, you'll be fine." That's the worst thing that you can say to somebody who's going through trauma Um, Because unless you've walked that path, you never really understand what someone's going through So being a good listener is the best thing that you can do for somebody who's going through trauma Before you start giving advice And I didn't actually have that Which is why I had to find the path that helped me to overcome this And eventually it was a case where nothing in the world can help unless you're willing to help yourself. Then anything will help you.
1: Yeah.
0: So for me, it was a case of um, you know, getting out of this dark hole was number one. I was I became an alcoholic, oh, wow. feeling sorry for myself. You know, imagine being totally independent. You know, everything is business is flying, Every, nothing could go wrong. I thought I was bulletproof. Nothing could touch me. I was invincible. That's what I used to think and that's the worst mindset that you can have. I wasn't proud of the type of human I was pre-accident, because sometimes success can get to your head, and that is the first step towards failure, and you can lose everything. And if you're not willing to change, then you you'll never recover from it. So sitting at home, feeling sorry for myself, um, you know that was the position I was in after that accident. And I, people who I thought were my friends, you know very quickly everyone everyone started to disappear. And people, you'll realise. That there's a difference between associates and your inner circle. Your inner circle, you're only going to have a very few amount of people in there. And that's fine. Once you accept that, things change. Once you accept that, I've only maybe got one or two real friends that I can count on. There's a difference. You know, people say, hey bro, that's my brother. <laughs> that's BS, right? If you say I've got you know, thirty or 30 or 40 friends, BS who 's going to wake up at three o 'clock in the morning and not ever question you? you know that 's your real friends would you do anything for them and would they do actually do anything for you you know that 's when you know you 're in an inner circle and you 're out of circle and it 's okay if people don 't do that for you it 's just that you stop having expectations and then you become better. but the tipping point was when I realized that I need to stop feeling sorry for myself you know if I want to be a good example for my future generation, my children, I need to be able to inspire them by doing something that's going to be positive. And I was looking through lots of online programs and I was reminiscing on all the good times when I used to be in the gym, throwing weights about, and I never really knew what I was doing. I thought I knew what I was doing. And then I came across Chris Chris Gethin and I saw his programs, the way he spoke, and that inspired me. And it was the way that he spoke and some of those messages just hit home. And it could be a different person for everyone, it, can't, it doesn't necessarily have to be Chris for everyone. But that was the person that inspired me to get up and stop feeling sorry for myself. And I did. One day I decided that, you know what, enough's enough. Let's get this done. And that's all it took. Determination. And then I made it into a discipline that you wake up every morning and you may not feel inspired every single day, but if I want to get that result, then I'm going to have to do this. And that's what I did. I put accountability go- uh, tools in place and the rest was history. Chris Gethin is now my business partner.
1: <laughs> wow, that's incredible. And um, you know, it's good that you spoke about that because mental health is, you know, a huge topic which doesn't really get spoken about. But now it's got a big prominence on you know, due to social awareness, etc., especially in the workplace. So if there is somebody at home who, you know, is going through issues, feels like they can't get up or, you know, feels a lot of trauma inside, um, as you got up and, you know, built a routine for yourself, what advice would you give them uh, to do and turn their lives around? Before you work out the what, what is
0: it I'm going to do, you have to understand the why. Why is it that I want to do it? Because what can you do to improve? There's lots of motivational channels and quotes and you know motivational speakers but why why do you want to do what you want to do and if it's important to you then you'll find the discipline to do it and eventually when you start to see the results you'll get addicted to it because anything that makes you happy is it becomes an addiction why do you drink alcohol because it makes you forget whatever it is that was causing you trauma for that period of time uh, why do people become drug addicts or whatever the case may be why do people become you know, extreme fanatics of sports because it makes them happy so whatever it is that moves your needle you know, understand why it is that you want to do it and the more whys that you can attach to your goal the more discipline that you'll create and the more successful, more chances of success so that's the advice I would give to anyone is that before you find the what understand why it is that you want to do what you want to do. But that's personal
1: or business. Great. And um, thanks a lot for that. And ju- just taking it back, you spoke about your family uh, on a couple of occasions, you know, the construction business as well. What impact did your family and upbringing have and the environment around you to what you're doing today and building today? It's had a huge impact. and
0: um, I'm, I'm extremely proud of my roots. Extremely proud of my mm. roots. And so... I, when I go back and I kind of try and find the, the, the things that really helped me to be able to do what I'm doing today, it was the way that my mum had brought me up. It's the things that my dad had done himself. Those basic principles are the same principles that I've used for the whole of my life. And those are trust, never break anyone's trust, work with integrity, be transparent, and be loyal. You know, these are the things that have always helped me in business and personal life to build great relationships and build great businesses. So, you know, I, I've always remained true to that. And my father comes from Punjab. He, he's, I, I like to call it self-educated, yeah. you know. He came with the knowledge that he had to the UK to make a better life for himself and his family. And he was successful in doing that because he wasn't distracted and he didn't have any other choices. So whenever I do anything, I don't consider a plan B. Because if there is no plan B, you have to be successful, period. Yeah. And that's how it is. When my parents' generation came to the UK, what was their choices if they failed? Yeah. There wasn't any. Couldn't go back. No. Oh. My dad used to do two jobs when he first came to the UK. He used to work in a foundry in the in the Midlands, and he used to do construction until such time where he started his own business and became successful in what he does today. So I use those principles myself in today's uh, day and age where I um, believe that you get what you put in. So if you want more, work
1: harder. Yeah. Right, and... Um Again, you're in many different industries, several businesses that you're overseeing at the moment. If there's anybody at home who wants to get started within business and start building a path for themselves, what's the key fundamental skills that they need to learn? And then how do they implement that into their business?
0: Same, same as um, your personal life. You know, why is it that you want to do what you want to do? A lot of people get into business because they see other people doing that type of business. Yeah. Um, and I've seen it so many times. So if you see somebody successful in a certain business, it doesn't mean to say that you're also going to be successful just because you're replicating what someone else is doing. Understand why it is that you want to do what you want to do, and then you can work out how it is that you're going to do it. Always have a good business plan. Okay, It's not important to have it absolutely perfect, but it's important to have a good business plan. Passion and numbers. When you put these two together, you'll understand what the game plan is going to be like. You'll understand that it's going to be tough because the the basic skills are about management. How do you manage both? If you feel that you're not good with numbers, hire somebody who is. You don't have to be good in every aspect of your business. I'm not good in every aspect of my businesses, but I do hire the best so that I know that if I'm not good in a certain area of this business, then I'm going to hire the best people. However, I do want to understand how that aspect works so that I'm not completely oblivious to what's going on. And that's what makes a good business,
1: management. Great. And that's a big topic for me, you know, having my own recruitment company. I love that you talked about hiring, getting the right people around you. How do you find that process of getting the best talent and working with them? Because that that can be the most uh, difficult. It's the hardest part. Yeah. It's the hardest part of any
0: business. See... um, The trust, transparency and loyalty actually works in every aspect of the business and especially when you're recruiting. So do you recruit the sharpest person that you find, but they've changed 15 jobs in the last two years? Do you find somebody who's remained completely loyal, but hasn't got a clue about the role or the responsibility? You have to find the right balance. And it really depends on what that role and responsibility is. See, there's a, lot of, uh, hi- there's a hierarchy in every business. And the higher you climb, the more prestigious the title. And when I see people with prestigious titles like CEO and, you know, director of operations or whatever the case may be, I don't look at the title as being prestigious. I look at the title as how much responsibility it carries and how well that person carries those responsibilities. So when you recruit somebody, the types of questions that you want to ask them are how they understand those responsibilities and how important those responsibilities are to them. So recruitment is probably one of the most important aspects of every business. You don't want to have a high turnover of staff. You want to have good practices within your business where you invest in the personal development of your teams. So that loyalty aspect of it, you're not going to just get that. You have to earn it. So what is it that you're doing to make the experiences of your workforces good? Where they feel that, okay, I might be able to get a little bit more money if I switch jobs. But I'm never going to be able to get that personal development and that connect and that respect that I am getting here. So you've earned the loyalty. So there has to be a balance. And and I feel that, you know, when it comes to recruitment, unless you've got a good game plan, any recruitment plan isn't going to work for you.
1: Yeah. uh, I'm glad that you talked about values there, you know, trust, loyalty, etc. Because I've always find that my clients that have the best success and the best turnover are the ones which go for values and want somebody to match their culture and their long term plan, which is what you went off there as well. And um, in in the previous answer, you also touched upon a word about, you know, um, tough and challenges within business. On social media, so many people see the positives, they see, you know, the flash, the luxuries, etc., but they don't know what's been going on behind that. Can you talk about risks and challenges and downfalls that you've had yourself on your journey?
0: Yeah, for sure. The, the problem that we have in today's era is the way social media is used and how you translate what you see. And yeah, the flash, it definitely gets you visibility. <laughs> um, And there's no reason why you shouldn't enjoy the flash. If you work hard for it, enjoy it. And I don't, when I see people with flash, I look past that and I think, that's awesome. This person must have worked hard. It's great to see that. I am inspired. There's other people that will look at it and they will say, well, there must have been some shortcuts. He must be doing something that's unethical. Because he's had a great or she's had a great amount of success in a short period of time. You know, there's there's lots of different ways that people interpret what they see. Okay. So when you see Flash, try and look beyond that. And I feel that social media should also display the struggles and the risks that people take. Being an entrepreneur means creating a vision into a reality and doing whatever it takes to make that happen. And... Risking everything that you have, everything that you believe in sometimes Because if everybody in the world would take the same element of risk to become successful Then everyone would have the flash This is really that simple. That's why this flash has a significant value to some people who are not willing to put the work into it The people who are willing to put the work into it eventually realize that the flash doesn't really matter anymore It becomes irrelevant then you start understanding what purpose means. You know, are you working just because you want to buy, you know, a $10 million house or a million dollar house or whatever that case may be? Are you working hard because you want to buy a Porsche or a Ferrari or you want to, you know, you want to have luxury holidays? What happens when you get there? Yeah. What happens? Eventually you'll realize that's actually more to it, it's purpose. So yeah, the flash, you know, it, it's, it's part of the success and if you enjoy it, great, if that's what moves your needle. But then the real successful people out there, you know, you'll see the flash, but you'll also see that they do other things that move their needle. They realize that success has so many other meanings, you know, that flash is not actually the real success. Yeah. Real success is when you can wake up every single day and do what you truly enjoy, that's what I class as real success.
1: That's it. And um, something you mentioned there reminded me of a past guest, Paul. Um, his, one of his quotes is, an overnight success takes 15 to 20 years. Um, and again, you know, pe- people never see that. And what, one personal question for you, because I follow you on social media. It looks like you don't stop, um, like physically, like always on the move, you know, always active, you know, meetings and uh, conferences, etc. How do you find balancing work life with business?
0: Work life with family, you mean?
1: Um, yes, yeah, sorry, work life uh, and personal life.
0: Work life and personal life. Okay, that is a challenge. Right. <laughs> That's, that, uh, that is a challenge. The pandemic has actually helped me to understand um, this balance even more. I really appreciated every moment during the pandemic because I was able to spend more time with my family. I was working from home for a long period of time. In fact, it was the longest period of time that I haven't travelled for as long as i can remember i travel every single month and i'm usually away from the uk for at least 2 weeks of every month and have been for years and so this period made me realize the value and you know at what cost some of this success has come uh, in terms of the progress that we've made so you know i've got a um, a better balanced uh, personal life now than i ever have before And I have made some very conscious decisions on moving forward where I will be traveling smarter um, than I have been ever before. So spending time with family is extremely important to me. Um, Having that communication is extremely important to me. We have the luxury of all of these digital platforms, but it's not the same as actually being there in person. So the pandemic has definitely helped me to realize that the balance needs to be better. Um, I have paid a significant price, like I said before. You know, uh, I lost my mother over ten years ago. You know, I'd do anything to spend time with her now. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna allow the same same thing to happen again. So now I balance out my personal life very well. I do ensure that I uh, dedicate enough time because it's very important. Otherwise, there's a limitation to that that journey. You know, there'll always be. Um, There'll always be a time where you kind of stand back and think, oh my God, you know what, I've lost out on, on, on this aspect of my life, which um, is very important for those who are listening to have that balance.
1: Absolutely. And um, something you mentioned uh, earlier in the show was you know, about COVID and how people don't realise that you know, mental health and you know, not being able to get out and be fit and active is just as a, a poor impact of COVID on people. W- with that mental health and having to be active, being physical, going into the gym, can you relate to people how important that is within you know for business leaders and entrepreneurs to find that balance and time to go gym, eat healthily, go out for a walk, etc.
0: Absolutely, and this is one of the reasons why I am in this industry is so that other people who might be like me, you know, um, other people who never prioritise their health, start to prioritise their health. I was, I had one business in the UK and I thought I was the busiest person in the world and without me, the whole world would come to an end. The accident taught me that nothing stops for anyone and the lights could have been out very quickly. Today, I run multiple businesses in multiple countries only because I make myself a priority with health and wellness. If I wasn't fit and healthy, I wouldn't be able to do anything. Do you love your family? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Would you do anything for them? Yeah. yeah. Well, let me tell you this. If you didn't have your health, and if you were dependent on your family instead of them depending on you or actually looking to you for support, you'd actually be a burden on them. So your number one priority should always be your own health. And I use an example. Whenever we train our teams, whenever we talk about health and fitness, whenever you fly, there's a health and safety announcement. And they always say that in the event of an emergency, the masks will fall down. Cover your own before you help somebody else. Right? So there's a message there. If you have your health, you'll be useful for other people. If you don't have your health, you're useless to everyone. Simple yeah. as that.
1: That's it. And uh, for anyone with a busy schedule, uh, any tips on how they can incorporate, you know, being healthy or, you know, trying to fit in time for the gym, even if it's in short bursts? Absolutely. So...
0: You should have a daily routine where you incorporate your health Uh, even if you spend 15 to 20 minutes just start with 15 to 20 minutes go for a walk, go for a run you don't have to go to a gym you can work out at the comfort of your own home of course going to the gym will enhance your experience and motivate you even more but when you start seeing those results it will become an addiction so my suggestion to everyone is just dedicate that time to yourself it will really give you great returns It's the best investment that you can make. I'm sure you must have read these quotes other places, you know. Your health is the best investment. It truly is. Whilst you can pay people to do jobs in your company, you can never pay somebody to be ill for you. (laughs) Okay? Something that Steve Jobs says. And it echoes in my mind every time I think about missing out on a gym session. Um, Today, I was on a very tight schedule. But... I'm not going to be any good to you in this podcast if I didn't have my gym session yeah. so I made sure that was a priority for me Great. so in the same way I, I really highly suggest that you just try it use technology to keep you accountable go and buy a, a, one of these digital watches or you know tell somebody use social media tell everybody that I'm going to post about my 20 minute walk every single day because once you tell people once you use these tools you actually have something to be accountable to and watch it change your life
1: I personally felt that so um, you know over the past eight nine years I've always you know been really active with the gym but then in the first year of setting up my own business like I really let it go I'd start having more takeaways you know I thought no I need to be you know hammering this through for like 18 20 hours a day like nonstop. Uh, and then it took its toll on me and uh, you know I had to take a step back get back in love with the gym back in love with health uh, and now I'm doing way better than before. And, yeah. and in in that short space of time, so hundred percent with you there. Awesome. And uh, you know, one thing I do want to ask you as well, because you know this market so well, uh, there's a lot of you know uh, ideas around, such as you know intermittent fasting, ketosis, and, and things which can help people. Do you use any of these? And if you do, you know, what's your advice on them?
0: I wouldn't give anybody advice on which plan to follow. Okay, what I would say is that everyone's different. Okay, what works for me might not work for you. Try it. Try and see what works for you. Some are harder for others to follow. That's why they fall off. For me, intermittent fasting is my lifestyle. I fast every single day for a minimum of 16 hours. And it has got me brilliant results. It's in line with the types of goals. My goals are now not to build lots of muscle like I used to want to do when I was a teenager. My goal now is to... um, Reverse the aging process, live longer, be active, and be fit, and have a sharp mind. And intermittent fasting really helps me with it. What I suggest to anyone out there who's looking for any kind of plan to bring them on track is don't guess. There's so much available to you. You can have blood tests done to see what deficiencies you've got. You can get tests done to see what foods you're intolerant to. So instead of guessing and hoping that it's going to work, Hope is never a a strategy. (laughs) You can actually know what's going to work for you. So I don't eat the foods that I'm intolerant to. I have my bloods done on a regular basis. I intermittent fast. It works for me. I feel great. Uh, I've tried ketosis and it's great. It works. But it's not a long-term plan for me. So, you know, I used to fall off track. Um, But that's not to say that it might not work for somebody else. So I would always say try. Try everything out there. You Know just try it and give it time. There's no overnight success, like you say. Um, give it the time it deserves, and if you feel it doesn't work for you, try something else yeah. until you find something that is actually
1: sustainable, and that's the key. Yeah, you touched upon it a bit of fasting there. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of us mentioned. Okay, for anybody who doesn't know, could you give a bit of a overview as to what it is and you know how you eat? within your own short bursts? Yeah, absolutely, so
0: intermittent fasting is going through a period of time where you're not going to eat. Now, there's a lot of people who are gonna jump up and say, yeah, you can have coffee, and <laughs> someone gonna say, no, you can't, and you can have you know, good fats, and that's not gonna break your fast. There's lots of an- analogies out yeah. there. I believe, and this works for me, is that there's no food during your fast, okay? You're allowed to have black coffee, And you can drink unlimited amounts of water, and you can have green tea, and that's it. It works, okay. Um, the 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 period of time that I do eat, and that's a window. In that window, I have the amount of calories that I would normally have throughout the day, and because I fast, it helps me to become more disciplined. So I don't want to eat crap foods. You know, I look at food as either it's going to heal me or it's going to harm me. Why am I going to fast for 16 hours and then all of a sudden my body's become like a sponge now after 16 hours? Why am I going to give it something bad? I'm going to eat good foods. So, um, you know, I have my food prepared at home. I really enjoy it. It's very basic, you know, but I appreciate it. So um, when you start intermittent fasting, I never suggest jump into the 16-hour fasts. Try like a 12-hour fast and it's really easy because sleep time is actually fasting time as well. Yeah. So if you stop eating at, let's say, 6 in the evening, by 6 in the morning, you can eat again. Yes. It's not that hard. Or uh, if you go to bed at 8, if, or if you, if you stop eating at 8, next morning, 8 o'clock, you can eat again. And then gradually increase that. And you can use apps that can help you to time your fasts. And what you'll find is that, you know, after a week, you think, wow, I feel great. And you'll see some results. So um, it, it's, it's such an amazing uh, way of life and... I've been doing it for over two years. I've had a five day fast as well. So <laughs> how yeah, was that? It was great. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> it was really good. I don't recommend that for everybody. Yeah. You know, it's, it's difficult. And I had an advisor who was, you, you're allowed to have 500 calories per day okay. during that fast. And it's mainly salts. So, you know, I still have to function. You know, your body needs um, certain things t- for you to be able to function. The 24 hour fasts are very easy. The 36-hour ones are a little bit harder. 72 one was pretty difficult for me. Um, But when you get to the end, you're not in a hurry to eat. You feel good. Yeah, you feel really, really good.
1: Right. So I can do with your advice here because I do intermittent fasting as well. Uh, I I mix it up between 16 and 18 hours a day, and then I also um, maybe once a month throw a 24-hour one in there too. Uh, where, Where I struggle is how to plan gym around it. So I make sure that, you know, I go gym in the noon, so straight after that I can eat. But I'd actually prefer to go gym in the morning. Instead, i just do my morning walks. Like, how do you balance training around when you start eating to get the best benefits from it?
0: How long have you been intermittent
1: fasting? So maybe about year and a half to two years. I'm surprised
0: that you feel... That you, I mean, and, and this is this is probably because you've not done it in any other way or not done it long enough in any other way. Your body kind of adapts to any system, any routine that you you kind of practice. Okay. So if that's the routine that you practice, your body's going to be used to that. I
1: train fasted. Oh wow! Well, like weights? Yeah. Uh, don't don't you have protein shakes after? No. Oh, serious? Yeah. That's where I struggle because I always think you're meant to have a protein shake. And some carbs afterwards. So what I do is um, I do like my morning like walks, you know, for about half an hour and so so on. And then in the noon, I'll do my weights. But I do it, I have BCAAs and the glutamine beforehand. And then afterwards, I have my protein shake, maybe a banana. And then I'll start my eating pattern. But I would prefer it if I could go and do weights first thing in the morning. But because of that, I don't.
0: There is no reason why you can't train fasted. Oh no! I've right. been training fasted for two years. Right. I wake up in the morning, and my workouts are pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. I've seen on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll do 700 calories as a minimum. On an average, it's 1,200 calories per workout. High-intensity workouts as well. And I sip water. I sip water. I'll still make up the calories that I need in the entire days and the macros in my eating window. So people say, and, and you're going to get people saying, no, 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 you shouldn't do it. And it's what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. You're, if you're still going to have the, the, the same amount of protein, fats, carbs in your eating window, you're not going to diminish your muscle gains. You know, it depends on what your goal is. If your goal is to stand on the Mr. Olympia stage, yeah. uh, you know, as, as in the open category, then it probably isn't the right <laughs> thing for you to do. But if you're like me, you know you have a you, you you you're working all day long, and your goal is just to be lean and you know only be pretty active and pretty sharp. It's the best feeling.
1: Oh, wow! Try yeah. it. No, uh, yeah, I always thought I just needed some sort of carbs and protein within an hour window after uh, after training my weights.
0: You you enhance the discipline, right? So after having a, like a, a kick-ass workout, I still have an hour and a half. Before I have my food today Okay so my workout was Early in the morning So it's I don't even think that Okay straight after this workout I'm going to eat I'm like straight after this workout I've got a few meetings Back to back And then a few hours later I'll eat right. And it's no hurry So the 16 hours Today is probably going to be 18 and a half And I'm okay with it It's, it's great I think okay Can I stretch it to 19
1: uh-huh.
0: Yeah that's my goal But then I'll still have my meals Within the eating window
1: Okay, I'm going to try that. If I'm like falling flat dead, I'm blaming you. <laughs> but yeah, No, I'll, I'll give that a go. And um, of course, training and health, you know, it's incredibly important. Uh, you know, are there any other tips you advise, you know, such as meditating, journaling, other things that can help with you know, mental health in business and entrepreneurship?
0: Absolutely. Um, it, it's, it's a, you have to take it stage by stage. The thing is, when you start to do too many things all at once, they can become overwhelming. And it's okay for you to just do one and then add another a few weeks later. So when I wake up, I do meditate every single day. It's one of the things that I look forward to. You know, it's the calm before the storm. Okay? It's the way that you learn to disconnect. And when you meditate, meditation isn't easy for everybody. Okay? I'm no expert. You know, so I'm no one to give you advice on how to meditate. Whatever moves your needle, okay, there's guided meditation, there's other ways of doing it. Um I started meditation by thinking of places that bring me peace, okay? That could be for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, Then I work, then I actually, uh, straight afterwards, I do my emails because I work on a lot of different time zones. So early in the morning, I have the least amount of distractions and then I work out and then I start my day. So that's kind of my routine. So meditation is very important. Working out is very, very important. Those are the two elements that you should use to start your day because If you start your day with a positive vibe, guess what? The rest of your day is going to be positive. But if you think that I'll have my workout at 6 after I finish, how do you know you're going to finish at 6? And if you compromise on something that's
1: important to you, you're compromising on
0: everything else.
1: Yeah, And um, so on the meditation, I do that as well. And what I find interesting is other people who meditate have different patterns. So some people just want to keep a clear head. Some people keep a clear head with some meditation uh, music in the background. Others, you know, visualize and try and manifest their day and their goals. Other people have, you know, bar to, um, prayers on in the background. Um, you know, when you're putting yourself in a positive place whilst meditating, what are you thinking of and what's your goals from it? I don't meditate just
0: once a day, by the way, okay? Um, if, I'm, if I'm having an overwhelming day, I won't use the word stress, <laughs> but let's say I'm having an overwhelming day. I might sit there and think of a place of worship. There's a place, um, my ancestral village in Punjab, is a place that I go there and I find so much peace there. So I might switch my phone off or leave my phone somewhere and go and sit somewhere for 10 minutes and think of that place. To me, that's meditation. In the morning, um, I pray. And when I pray, I think of a, a place of worship that brings me peace. And that could be anything for anybody. You know, um, I'm not preaching on what you should do, but. To me, that brings me peace, and that helps me to disconnect. Meditation is about disconnecting. Praying is about gratitude. So, when you're thinking about meditation, maybe think about all the things that you're grateful for today. the The fact that you're waking up. A lot of people haven't been given that privilege. Yeah. Okay. And we forget that sometimes. Um, and if that doesn't work, maybe listen to yourself breathing. Take some take. Twenty breaths, and just listen to your breaths. There's so many different ways of actually disconnecting, and that's how you start meditating. But for those people who you know still find it difficult, there are things like, um, and this is not a paid endorsement by the way. <laughs> yeah. right, there's something called a Muse.
1: Right.
0: And Chris Gethin, he actually gave me one of these. It, as here's as the a plug. <laughs> but it's guided meditation, yeah. and basically it's like this thing that you put on your head, and you use headphones. And basically, if you're disconnected, um, your music will be very calm. If your mind is distracted, the music becomes very loud. And the idea is is to get the, the volume as low as possible. And the only way you can do that is actually disconnecting. And I used that because it was so hard for me to disconnect. Oh, got to do this, I've got to do that. Uh, at this time, I've got to do this and so forth. So guided meditation is a great way to start. That's cool.
1: Um, with the, you know, the results you have in business, do you think they'd still be the same if you took away that gratitude, prayer and meditation from your routine? No way. Oh, serious? Is that no important way. to you?
0: It is the most important thing to me today. It is the most important thing to me today. I find so many answers for so many things. You know, it, it's, it's the most important.
1: When you say answers, do you mean in terms of solutions for your business or business ideas? Or for personal development.
0: Okay. Personal development is 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 so important. And sometimes you have questions in life, you know, um, that you find when you disconnect yourself from everything. It's like we were discussing off camera. Rather than working in the business, you got to work on the business to grow. It's the same in your personal life. Yeah. If you constantly think about all the problems you have in your personal life, you may not always see the solutions, but the solutions might be right in front of you. So when you work on your life, and that can only really happen when you disconnect, things change. So I use this to develop on a personal level, which actually helped me to develop on a professional level.
1: love that. Yeah. And on the next part, we've asked the audience some questions. So on LinkedIn and Instagram, I gave a bit of a background to yourself, the industries that you're in. And we've got some great questions through. So I'm just going to ask them. First one is from Suk Singh via Instagram. I've been struggling to feel healthy during COVID whilst balancing my business in a busy and challenging period. What tips can you give me to start off with?
0: I would suggest write down everything that you eat and drink within 24 hours and then have a look at the macros, have a look at the nutritional values. We can sometimes, when we work from home or are in our comfort zones, have comfort foods and comfort drinks and don't actually realise the effects that it has on our health and how it makes us feel so there's no complications to it and the problem that we have is that food products are marketed so well in today's era that we tend not to look at the sugar content and other harmful ingredients that you may have write down everything that you're eating and drinking and then look at the nutritional
1: values you'll immediately understand where you need to make changes good and um, this one is quite it's quite general Um, what investment opportunities do you see in property after COVID and that's from Evan Michaeli on LinkedIn
0: after COVID um, well I don't think there's going to be such a thing as after COVID because I think this thing is here to stay for the foreseeable future but of course as a result of this pandemic there's two aspects it depends on your goal okay If your goal is to hold property long-term, then it really comes down to location. Location is paramount if you're looking at long-term investments. Are you looking at locations where there's development planned, where there's new um, underground tube stations, good transport links that are planned for the future? Always good to look at if you're looking at long-term goals. Um, But regardless of long-term or short-term, what I always feel is that there's, there's always an opportunity when it comes to property. There's always a right time to buy and there's no time such as the present. You'll find that people are very apprehensive of investing in property at this moment in time. So you'll find that because there's less buyers than sellers, you can actually go out there and make offers on properties that usually wouldn't get accepted and they will. When the furlough scheme ends, you'll find and I feel that you'll see an influx of property uh, on the market for sale because of people's financial position. Uh, where they've lost jobs, mortgages are going to be even harder to get. Because uh, even right now, you know, the mortgage lenders have changed the criteria on how they lend. So there's a huge opportunity on the horizon. And there's a lot of opportunities at this moment in time. It really depends on your goal, whether you're looking to hold short term or long term.
1: Yeah, so it's funny you say that. Everyone we've had on this show during or past COVID has said this is the you know the time to make opportunity um, great. And um, from Amy Corjay via Instagram, what is the secret to managing multiple businesses? I guess that's, you know, over different industries as well. Delegation.
0: And um, the most important, as you rightly say, hiring the right people. Yeah. So if you have the right people and you have a good plan for your uh, staff, your team, your workforce, you give them a good experience, that's the key.
1: Cause The workforce is the backbone of any good business. Great. And moving on, um, final five. So like a lot of podcasts and interviews, uh, five questions which could be answered in either a word or a sentence. First one, what is your why? My why is
0: to make positive change in this world.
1: Right. What is your one key skill which has most helped you to get to where you are today? Loyalty. If you could have dinner with any three people in the world, like around business, entrepreneurship or celebrities, who would they be? I think I already do. All right.
0: Uh, My dad. (laughs) And some of the people that I work with, uh, I'm not always impressed by some of the big names that you see in the media. Um, Some of the greatest people, you probably won't find them on social media or in the press. True. So I'm very grateful for all the people that give me the time that I've
1: already met, and I'd love to have dinner with them again. Great, you'll have to invite us to uh, your next dinner party. Absolutely. <laughs> um, what do you advise people to do, follow money or follow passion? Follow passion, but make sure you have a good plan. Yeah. Uh, and finally, what does success mean to you? Waking up every morning and doing what I love. Brilliant, great, love that. Um, thanks again, great episode. Uh, if anybody wants to follow you or find out more about yourself, where can they go? Uh, Best place would be Instagram. I'm reasonably active there. And you can check out my website, jagchiba.com. Perfect. Remember to like, share, subscribe. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you.